Welcome to 39-Minute Conversations. Please wait for your host to begin this meeting. Your meeting is now being recorded. Okay. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Yeah, hi. Hello. There you are. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm really... Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to chat with you to, you know, really get to know you. Um, But the first thing I do have to do is get through a quick ad read. I hope that's okay. I apologize. These are very important to bring in all the money that we're making here. This week's episode. (laughs) I'm sorry. What was that? Said you got to make that dough. Is my audio okay? It's okay. I think there's just like maybe a slight delay, but it's fine. We're good. It'll be, it'll be good. Okay. This week's episode of 39-Minute Conversations is not technically presented by SAG-AFTRA. As a famous man once said, welcome to the party, pal. That's a line said by a character, John McClane, in the movie Die Hard. You've probably heard of it. A line written by a writer, said by an actor, and then immortalized into pop culture because there is a powerful relationship between writers and actors. Our words are nothing without someone saying them, and actors need shit to say. Our jobs do not exist without each other. We have always been in it together. And now we walk the picket lines together officially. Your support during our strike has been invaluable. And now that you're on strike with us, you can count on our support as well. So actors with that in mind, here are some tips from someone who has been on the picket line for almost three months. Number one, sunscreen, big floppy hats. Your faces are your money makers. protect them. You do not want to look like us when this thing is over. Two, comfortable shoes. Hoka's are the writer's choice, but there are a lot of good options. But that said, I saw a lot of high heels out there on day one of the actor's strike, and I'm not an expert on heels. Probably not recommended for walking five to ten miles a day. So as someone who hurt his toe week one and it still hasn't healed properly, comfortable, roomy, supportive shoes. Three, pay attention to crosswalk signs because most of the cars are not. And finally, take advantage of the support that's out there for us during this difficult time. For example... I read a story today about the World Harvest Food Bank in Mid-City. For the duration of the strikes, writers and actors can show their union cards and get a free cart of groceries worth $300. The World Harvest Food Bank is dedicated to feeding Los Angeles one family at a time, and their support is so important and so appreciated while so many of us are struggling. I know this is a hard time. It sucks. And people in in the studios are saying things like, you know, they're planning to starve us out, that we'll come back to the table desperate to negotiate when we start losing our homes and struggling to feed ourselves and our families. And it is easy to be mad. It is easy to be depressed. I'm struggling with both feelings a lot of the time. But we should not lose sight of the people who stand with us, who are dedicating their time and resources and financial support, like the Entertainment Community Fund and like the wonderful folks at the World Harvest Food Bank. For hours and more information, visit worldharvestla.org. That's worldharvestla.org. I will put a link in the show notes. And actors, writers, keep your heads up out there. We don't know how long this thing will go, but we can get through it the same way we always have, together. And hello, I'm Brian T. Arnold, and this is 39-Minute Conversations, a podcast about reconnecting with old friends and making new ones, but I've only got 39 minutes to do it because I will not be paying for Zoom Pro. 
My guest today is a writer who has been out there on the picket line spreading joy as well as custom t-shirts and buttons. She's one of the people responsible for the Lindsay Doherty stepping on Dick's button that you've probably seen out there. She's a former Chicago punk rocker who knows how to rebel and promises only to do it for the greater good by creating feminist comedy and dramedy TV shows. Her first foray into writing a comic book miniseries landed her on the Diamond Indie Bestsellers list twice. And in addition to writing, she's a TV art director with credits that include WandaVision and CSI Vegas. Legally, we're not promoting those shows right now. It's just a matter of public record. Please welcome Dana Brazil Solovey. Did I say your last names right? Oh, it's Brazil Solovey, but literally nobody says it right. So if you said it wrong, you said it right. Uh, <laughs> I Saying people's names wrong is a phobia of mine. And this is the first time I've said your name out loud. I apologize for getting it wrong. I should have asked for pronunciation ahead of time. No, I, I like I like it. I love I love to see like when people get there, what comes out. <laughs> You're not the first guest that I've gotten their name wrong. I've learned zero lessons from it. Um, you are a writer, like I mentioned, who has been out there on the picket lines a lot. Um, yes. You are someone who uh, we have been friends on social media for a while, but we've met a couple times in in person, mostly, I think only at the picket lines at this point. Yeah, you pick it a lot too. I do, I do. Um, but um, I'm excited to actually like spend some time getting to know you. Actually, like having a real long, in-depth conversation. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. I feel honored. And you've interviewed so many amazing people. I'm, I, I am not worthy. But thank you. You're yeah. abs. You're absolutely worthy. And yeah, it's just so appreciated. Like you, you taking the time. And I do try to start these interviews usually the same way. Um, the pandemic uh, is the reason this podcast exists. It kind of turned me in a bit of a shut-in. The picket lines have forced me to be out in public and interacting with people for the first time in three years. But, you know, that is where this started. So I want to ask, how have the last few years been for you? How did you stay sane? How did you learn about yourself? Maybe how is 2023, Dana, different than 2019, Dana? Well, first of all, I can't believe that it's been four years. Like every time somebody says 2023, my mind is blown. But mm -hmm. I think that like, I think something that can be really hard for me is spending time with myself. Mm. So I think that personally, I have grown quite a bit and I'm very proud of myself that I've come through uh, the person I am today. That being said, like, I remember getting a pair of roller skates from my neighbor so that I would have something to do, like just a way to get exercise in the afternoon. Sure. Like, it has been a roller coaster of a few years. And, you know, as somebody who is, um, like, I work in the industry, I work in TV. I've always worked in TV because I want to write. So I started in the art department to write. And that's, like, a very, um, very social thing. So going from that to going to none of that, to going back to all of that, like really jerks the person around. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it's just been really hard with, with getting writing started. You know, like all of the changes in the world, I feel like make starting a career difficult. And it's not something you can ever give up. Like writing, if you were going to give it up, you would have given it up by now. Mm -hmm. so no, that's, that's 100% true. There are so many opportunities to quit along the way. If this is something that you don't feel like you have to do, yeah, I'd recommend you don't <laughs> don't do it. I mean, I feel like it's emotionally like very very traumatic. So I feel like unless somebody thinks it's worth it to 
endure regular emotional trauma. Like right now there's like a conversation on Twitter, I think about like whether or not it's okay to like quote unquote network on the picket line. Mm -hmm. And then like what that even means. And it's like, there's emotional trauma for people who are going out and trying to talk to people on Mm -hmm. picket lines. And if you can't endure that, then you're probably not good. You're not going to be a writer. It's just that, it's just that hard. <laughs> that I, I, I'm not on Twitter anymore. I did delete my, my Twitter. Uh, so I'm missing a lot of this, but is the, but I did, I'll, I'll admit I, I created a fake account just to like lurk, just to like be able to read threads that like people in the writing community, right. Cause otherwise I wouldn't see it. Um, and I did see this discussion that you're talking about, which it seems to be, uh, maybe a little bit of gatekeeping energy of people who basically saying that about pre-WJ writers, saying, you know, pre-WJ writers coming to the picket lines, they're just doing it to network. And I I don't think that's a fair characterization of what's going on. Obviously, like everybody in the picket lines is talking and we should be if you're feeling like talking. Um, so yeah, what did you what did you make of of that discussion? Well, for me, like I go out every day because I genuinely believe that I might ne- like without minimum staff requirements I might never get the job that I've been working long and hard to get mm-hmm. um and I think like it's it's kind of I know why I'm there so that's the first point of view is that I know that I'm there because minimum staffing requirements are the most important thing in the world to me right now mm-hmm. and I know that's the reason a lot of my friends are there right a lot of my unstaffed friends um I think that we need people on the picket line so if somebody thinks like there are so many great writers on the picket line. Like I'm going to go out and be amongst them. Okay. Like that's not a big deal to me because the thing is they're still getting up and, you know, walking with a picket sign for two hours of their day, demonstrating and doing the work. So Mm -hmm. I don't really care. Like if somebody is showing up because they want to be amongst great writers. Okay. If somebody wants to be there because, Uh, there is a cool event. Okay, that's fine too. If they want to be there for a food truck to get their steps in, like whyever they're showing up, I think the fact is that we need people to show up and not to say, I want to focus on the people who are showing up and, Mm -hmm. and, and honor that, but also like some people are not showing up. So uh, I wouldn't be mad at someone for whatever reason they came. Um, You know, and, and that said, like I was talking to somebody who had been, you know, had been writing on some cool stuff. And they asked, I never, I never asked them what they were writing on. They Mm -hmm. asked me what I was writing on. And I said, well, I haven't staffed yet. And this person straight up turned around and walked away from me. Like I had not tried to network them at all. They asked me what show I had been on. And I said, I haven't been on any shows. And they just turned around and walked away. And you know, that's fine. They don't have to talk to me, but like, you know, like what's the counter? Like if somebody is there, to make new friends and meet new people who are writers. Like, how is that worse than somebody who like actively won't talk to somebody who hasn't written on a TV <laughs> show? Like, what are those people? We're not talking about that, you know? Yeah, that I don't, uh, I don't love that. I, uh, no. I've, you know, I'm, I'm a relatively new member of the WGA. I just joined last year. So I, I, I am, thank you. I am, you know, uh, I have been on both sides of this, not on strike, but I've been, you know, yearning to be in the WGA and I've been on like new member. I don't, you know, we're all writers. We're all, whether or not you've reached, you know, the, the, not arbitrary, but the, the, the requirements to be in the WGA, you are still a writer. This is still your fight. This is your future. And the idea of, 
yeah, turning someone away or walking away from them because they, you know, oh no, what is this person going to ask of me? What kind of like, they don't have the credits to like, that's such a weird energy. And I haven't seen a lot of that. I'm sorry that you have, that sucks. It's just that, I guess the comparison and the reason why I even bring it up, it's like the preemptive decision that talking to somebody isn't worth it. And mm -hmm. our entire fight right now is to, to keep the writer's room an active thing and an active career, an active, um, an active ladder to climb. Like mm -hmm. if there's no staff writer, if there's no mid-level writer, if there's no upper level writer, like we're trying to keep a, a ladder. And if the people who are out there fighting, like the, to me, we should all be um, on the ladder together. So mm -hmm. it's interesting to see something that feels like it's fighting for everybody to have a seat in the room for people to automatically like disclude somebody who is like at the bottom of the ladder without, you know, without talking to them. So uh, it, it's just an interesting observation. Like at what point do you decide somebody's worth talking to? Yeah. And I think for me, I always wonder that as a comedy writer, I look at, you know, old school comedy rooms and I, I know, I know people's careers and I think, well, they, this person came up with that person, but finding that kind of mentorship mm -hmm. seems like kind of few and far between these days. Like it definitely does that make sense? It, oh, totally makes sense. I, yeah, that. It is such a weird energy to like to to experience that. But I have you had that's just hopefully just one interaction. Hopefully that is rare out there. Um, have you had, you know, better experiences with other writers than you've had than that one that we are that shall not be named, but uh, we're not big fans of right now? Yeah. And, you know, honestly, the person who I had that interaction with gave me like a very um, uh, uh vivacious hello the next time I saw them which I thought was funny I'm like okay like we've moved forward this is great we can be friends I'll be friends with anybody I don't hold grudges like <laughs> I think you can't like it's it's really not good to have be sensitive in this industry mm -hmm. I've had so many great experiences I've had so so many great experiences um yeah totally like Mike Royce is has I think that every single you know, pre-WGA, probably WGA writer, like knows this man and has talked to him at some point on a line. He's always organizing. He's always going to the places where there aren't a whole lot of people. So you'll see him and and have, you know, a long conversation with him. I've met just a ton of amazing people who have, who have done some amazing things and had some really great conversations. And I think for the most part, uh, if people aren't talking, it's because they're not feeling social. It's not because yeah. there's any sort of animosity. You know, people seem very, very friendly. I will cop to that occasionally. Like there are days when I'm out there, I'm just like, I'm putting my headphones in, I'm getting my steps. That's all I'm here for today. Uh, but there are other days and, you know, I started captaining now. I'm a captain at Paramount. So those, I'm not really, I can't really put the headphones in and, and ignore everybody anymore. So I kind of have to be social, uh, which is not my natural state. Um, but yeah, so what, where, where all have you been like, picketing what have been some of your favorite places to picket theme pickets because now that I'm tied to Paramount I feel like I'm I've got, I've got a little FOMO about the other uh about the other locations okay so I've been at many I am east side I live in Los Feliz so I have not made it out to Amazon I made it to Fox on a later on a later evening when there were some things shooting and we would like you know we wanted them to stop shooting so we did off hours nice uh, and I was there um and Fox, uh, but I have not done Amazon, Sony, or Fox during the day or TV City because they're too far. But sure. I've done I've done Radford a lot. Radford, okay, 
Radford is my mental health day. Like I go there every <laughs> week. And the reason I, I think of Radford as my mental health day is because I love the captains there. Like the captains there are so amazing. Like I love Miles My- Warden. I don't know if, if you're familiar with him. He's a comedy writer who is like, seriously, if you see him, he's like, oh my God, hello. And it's not a captain's job to make my day better, but he always does. Mm-hmm. Um, Joelle Garfinkel just started the um, Green Envelope Grocery Project, like mm-hmm. giving grocery money to to people who need help um, because of the strike. Like, you know, Andre Whipple, they're all amazing. So I love going there and just um, enjoying myself. Uh, I love going to Disney when there is not a special picket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason <laughs> I go to Disney when there's not a special picket, I'll say I avoid special pickets unless mm-hmm. it's something I really want because I love a special picket for bringing people out and it's effective. It really does. I'm really grateful to everybody who plans them and everybody who shows up to make them so amazing, but it is to rally people. And so I think that if I can show up somewhere where there are going to be less people, Mm. my body is more useful. So I will try and go if like, I'll go to Disney on a day when there's not a special picket so that they kind of need me there. Like Mm -hmm. need more. Um, Barham Universal, Mm -hmm. totally underrated. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know why people aren't going there like in mass it's amazing the energy there is amazing you can get so many honks like the cars actually there's a certain light where the cars drive right at the corner and then turn so they see with your picket sign and if you like do the honk motion you can get the whole line of cars to honk for you it is amazing <laughs> but there aren't a whole lot of people who go to barham so i try and go there uh once a week mm-hmm. um yeah and so that's kind of that's kind of like my favorite is to do like W or sorry um CBS Radford Barham mm-hmm. just to provide extra um coverage and then I highly 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 recommend if anybody has not done it and is able to uh the rapid response special pickets locations pickets when they hear of a show and then you just shut something down uh they'll call a, you know they'll send out an email for a picket you know, you can ask mm-hmm. captains at whatever lot you go to. Um, there's usually somebody who can, you know, either get you on that list or give you the information. But absolutely, absolutely, if you can do a special picket, that is the best. Because um, not a special picket, sorry. Uh, like the rapid response or location right. picket. The sort of the after hours or before hours. The, the pickets are like specifically targeted to shut something down. Exactly. Very rewarding. Uh, are those still happening um it feels like because i mean we i know most things have stopped shooting in la now have you are you still hearing about some of those i yeah so the last one i did was at the end of june okay uh so so not so long ago but general hospital was shooting Hmm. uh and kept shooting so Mm -hmm. uh yeah but but they organized a two-week special picket or location picket it's not a location it's a studio um but yeah and that was great because you actually got to do something. You got to shut something down. That is a good feeling. Yeah, it is a good feeling. The One of the best days I had was early on and just, you know, turning away a truck that was going to like cross. I was like, oh, we're not crossing. That's just, it just feels like, oh, I'm out here for not just symbolic reasons. There is a, there is a real reason to be out here forming a picket line. Where did you do that? What was the occasion? Uh, that was Paramount. That was the Gower Gate. They just, it was a truck that was going to pull in. The, this was before I was a captain. The the captain who was there just went over and talked to the driver and the driver moved on. And that was beautiful. It was Love a good it. day. 
That's so good. Did you know, like the WB, there's like a WB, there used to be like early morning pickets for WB when there was stuff shooting. They don't do it. Like they'll only ask you to do it if there's something going on. Like they're not going to mm-hmm. have you get tired. And that's something people have been very conscious about, you know, with the WGA and people who are organizing with the WGA that I'm so grateful for. Like they'll say, don't, you know, don't come <laughs> if there's nothing to do. Don't come. <laughs> they don't, they don't want you showing up early if there's nothing shooting. But um, Gabe Garza actually started the early morning, like started showing up to do early morning pickets to stop trucks and then like, you know, organized eventually organized that with the WGA. But gosh, I did an early morning. I did an early morning where like you could see who was coming in late for their call. Mm-hmm. Like it was an active TV shoot and you could see who was coming in late and people would get really angry and, and, you know, gay was just like cool as a cucumber, mm-hmm. making sure everybody was safe, dealing with, you know, all of the logistics, like we're doing all the reports for anything that needed to be done. People have really stepped up in amazing ways to, you know, make this work. Yeah. Cool as a cucumber is a good thing. I think for people to remember out there, it's good. Like I know, I know the energies are high and we're very passionate and excited, but I will share a, a brief story that I, that, that reminded me of because now that I'm a captain, there was a day last week where you know I have to put my my body in front of a car that's trying to get into the picket lane while we have the right of way. It's moving slow, but it's definitely inching toward me. And uh, you know, a couple of people off to the side or start yelling at the car, like, ooh, imagine having to wait a minute. And I'm like, and I was like, guys, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but maybe not when someone's like standing blocking the car. Maybe if you're blocking the car, you can say some stuff, but let's not let's not do it while I'm while I'm blocking the car. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. And I've had like that morning, like um, when, you know, when you could tell like, it's like six Oh five and people are trying to pull in you're like, you had a 6am call. Didn't you? Like I've had people <laughs> yell at me when we're just sure. in the crosswalk. I've had people say crazy things to me. I actually had this one guy who had a, a eye stand with the WGA printed on like in his front window <laughs> and I, I was like passing and I said you know I, I like pointed the light and I said it's it'll change in a minute don't worry like you know to let him know like we are getting out of the street you will be able mm-hmm. to turn in and he like mean mugs me and shakes his fist and points at the I stand with the WGA thing and like starts advancing his car forward and keeps pointing at it and advancing his car forward I'm like, you're driving into me while pointing at your sign that says I stand with the WGA. <laughs> like, are you sure you stand with the WGA? But yeah. it's, it's just yeah. like people, people get anxious. Like, that's why you need to not show up late to work. <laughs> um, one thing that you're doing out there on the picket lines uh, that I want to highlight, I want to highlight people who are really like helping out in big ways. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the Green Envelope Fund with... Um, the people who are supporting that. And then the, like there's pre-WJ mixers that I think um, Yelena War and Joseph Mwamba are doing alongside um, what's her, Garfinkel. What's her, I'm sorry. I, I lost her name. Well, I had it written, written down here. Yeah. Yes. Um, they're all doing these wonderful things. And then you and um, uh, Rot, your friend, Robin uh, Fusco. Fusco. Yeah. <laughs> One, Fusco. Fusco. Our, Robin Fusco have been doing uh these t-shirts that you, yeah. that you all are designing and selling and the proceeds go to the entertainment community fund. I would love to uh, highlight that. I would love for you to be able to talk about, you know, what gave you that idea, the t-shirts that you're selling, where people can buy them, um, yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah. Robin has been such a badass. So like I, they're, these are, they're all my designs. 
Uh, she, I had to leave town for a family thing and Robin like was such a badass and picked up all my buttons and was handing them out for me. Um, so she's been like, definitely, I would say, um, it's good to, if you're picketing every day and, and you like people around, like get a picket buddy. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're out there. Um, so basically how it all started was with Lindsay Doherty, mm-hmm. my queen. Yes. Badass. Yes. Lindsay Doherty. Who I love, and everybody talks about the tattoos on her arm, but please pay attention because she also has a um, tattooed ankle. Mm. So that is pretty awesome. Um, but <laughs> I am a group called the League of Women Writers, and we are, you know, a group that is first and foremost a writing group uh, with women and non-binary members. We also host events to elevate uh, women and non-binary writers. We don't believe that you have to have broken in to provide access for other people mm-hmm. so i'll host like you know actually I, I hosted a salon with one of the captains of paramount came and talked to you know 16 hour long um uh, drama writers a drama showrunner so i do that and i organized a brunch for my writers group to meet up with a writer the league of women writers to meet up with the script teasers who are also a women and non-binary writing group so it's 15 women uh at brunch and we were basically all just talking about what a fierce badass Lindsay Doherty is Mm -hmm. and uh like the you know what people I hope people understand um definitely if you've worked on a a tv or film crew understand is that it does not matter if grip shows up if their equipment doesn't show up and if mm-hmm. the Teamsters show up, don't show up, their equipment doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter because if set deck shows up, if the set dressing doesn't show up, and the set dressing doesn't show up, if the Teamsters don't show up. Teamsters drive every truck on a show, yep. every single truck. And if the Teamsters don't show up, it does not matter who else does. Mm-hmm. So they are, they are, that is a huge undertaking. Huge. Like the fact that they are balancing that out, you know, balancing their own relationships while standing behind us is insane like we could not do it without them mm-hmm. truly oh, uh, like, a thousand percent so like here we have Lindsay doherty who's like fuck around and find out mm-hmm. and we're just obsessed with her me and this you know 14 <laughs> other writers and we're like we need a shirt we need a shirt like i'm like i need a shirt with her and and my friend's like i need a stepping on dick shirt and i'm like okay so which I'm is a quote draw. which is a direct quote from Lindsay doherty yeah Right. There was an article like before before we all fell in love with Lindsay, there was an article in like L.A. magazine that quoted Lindsay Doherty having said, I'm stepping on dicks. So anyway, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to draw a shirt. It was just for me and some women in my writers groups in, in a writers group and a friend's writers group. And so uh, I am uh, like we you, know, you mentioned in my bio, my um, day job is that I'm an art director. I am skilled with the arts. <laughs> so I uh, went home and I drew Lindsay Doherty as Rosie the Riveter mm-hmm. uh, and that was just a really fun project that I, I did because I had some friends who wanted it sent sent them all the picture and they were like oh my gosh this is amazing okay but not in that tone uh, I drew her <laughs> I drew her Jimmy Hoffa tattoo mm-hmm. on her arm, mm-hmm. which was a pivotal part of the piece um <laughs> and then uh then I just threw it up on some shirts so uh so that uh so that people could enjoy them if they wanted to but I mostly just did it for myself and my friends who love Lindsay Doherty uh and then you know friends wanted some like I think Robin was like oh I need shirts for the summer uh, I have one that says working on my strike body mm-hmm. but Robin made a comment about working on her strike body so I, I'm like okay I'll make a shirt uh and I just started drawing things so all of the elements 
so my shirts like they all have elements that are like the flowers on hot strike summer like i drew those the mm -hmm. car on Hawk squad shirt i drew that the Lindsay, obviously i drew her so mm -hmm. you know i made a brand one recently i redrew you know something from the opening credits of um the nanny so yeah yeah that's awesome and these shirts are for sale i'll put the link in the show notes but where can people uh get these shirts and like i mentioned all this all the proceeds go to the entertainment community fund is that correct yeah, they all go to the entertainment community fund. It's like, you know, what little thing can I do? And especially like, so I, I drew Lindsay because, you know, she's our queen and we needed a shirt and that was awesome. So, you know, I think I raised like $500 for the entertainment community fund with that. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then I, uh, I was, I had to leave town for bar mitzvah of a nephew and, uh, I thought like, what can I do remotely? So I just mm -hmm. made some more and and all the proceeds go to Entertainment Community Fund. It's amazing. Yeah, I'll put that link in the show notes um, to where people can get those. They're really cool shirts. And are you selling the buttons too, or you just have to be lucky enough to see you on the on the picket lines and grab one? Yeah, no, I the buttons are just for funsies, handing them out. So I will be, I mean, I, this it will be too late, but I will be handing them out at the Teamster Rally on, on Wednesday. But I'm, I have them. I'm around. Oh, so this is, you... this episode's out tomorrow. So like, so they'll know. Oh. So if you're at the Teamster rally, uh, Wednesday, grab, if you see Dana, grab a button. Yeah. I'll have the Lindsay Doherty buttons there. And, uh, and yeah, I, you know, if someone like wants them and they want to like message me on Twitter or Instagram, like they'll, I always make it very public where I am. You could assassinate me very easily if you I was, wanted to. That was my first thought. I wasn't going to say it because that just feels weird for the guy to say, oh, yeah, people just kill you if they wanted. But, like, you can say it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an open invitation. I don't know. How long do I have? <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about writing now that we've spent a lot of time on the strike. Um, you grew up in Chicago. You were a punk. You said you were in the punk scene in Chicago. Was. Did you, are, did you, are you from Chicago originally? I'm from Evanston, which is um, Chicago, yeah. like the first, the first suburb north of Chicago. So I, you know, Evanston shares a street with Chicago. It's not far away. Gotcha. Um, at what point growing up there, did you realize um, that this is what you wanted to do, that you wanted to be a writer? Oh gosh. Okay. Well, I've, I've always enjoyed writing. My dad is a poet. Um, he writes Jewish prayers. Uh, and meditations. Oh, cool. uh, he's got like seven books of him. Yeah, my sister's a novelist. Um, I've, you know, I've I've written comic books and novels too. Uh, so I've always really enjoyed it. But uh, my my mother actually, um, I found out in college, like when I first went off to college, I found out that my mom was suicidal. Mm. But um, but, but I found out like that she had always been suicidal, not that she had just become suicidal, and mm -hmm. like no one had decided to tell me. Mm. Uh, which I kind of think is a good idea to let your kids know younger if their parent is struggling with mental health. Sure. Um, because my entire, like the way I frame my life changed entirely. So mm. anyway, uh, she was suicidal and then it worked. Uh, mm. So mm. I lost my mother. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's life. Um, but, uh, but I couldn't really get off my floor for like a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I just watched TV and, you know, I read books and comics and, you know, all that stuff as well. But TV is so accessible. Like TV is insanely accessible. And I think there is an idea at some point, um, you know, at, at least in, in my generation um, growing up where people would say like, don't waste time in front of the TV. And TV is like just the most accessible form of storytelling mm -hmm. in my mind. So if I've had a bad day 
and I need to escape, where am I going? Like television. Mm-hmm. I think probably I watch, I watch one to two episodes a night because I'm very busy and, uh, and two, if I'm, if I'm feeling very gluttonous, um, <laughs> but, uh, I look forward to it, you know, and I honestly think that television saved my life. So when I started kind of coming out of that hole, the only thing I wanted to do with my life was to write TV because I wanted to give that back to other people. I don't mm-hmm. know if that sounds silly, like giving mm-hmm. back, creating television. But I also think uh, it's a way to uh, make social change. You know, the stories we tell kind of set our parameters for how we see the world. Yeah, and I don't think it sounds silly at all. You know, um, everybody, I think not everybody, but some people going through a hard time. That's that is there is value in escapism. There's value in comfort. And yeah, through different hard times of my life, I've I, I I sometimes I'll remember like, you know, a show of like, oh yeah, well, this show is what got me through this time. Or, you know, that is a valuable thing. And for that to be something that drives you is the opposite of silly to me this is you know it's not like we're not doctors we're not out here you know curing cancer or anything but to say entertainment doesn't provide some kind of service to people i think is um i think is reductive for sure no i think honestly i think television saved my life and i think that it is uh, i think it is good for people's mental health to be able to disconnect from what they are experiencing on a daily basis mm-hmm. like look where we are right now like our industry is in shambles I want to watch some TV. <laughs> what, <laughs> what shows uh, in particular um, help you get through times like that or just shows that um, you aspire to write things in the vein of? Oh, okay. Well, definitely, definitely aspire to write. I don't know. Like, I don't think I, at the time I found Pushing Daisies, I was going through anything awful, but I think Pushing Daisies is a really good example of just like, insanely escapist beautiful artwork um i love i mean currently like hacks Mm -hmm. the conversation about like what these two women are going through at um you know different parts in their life in in the same career uh it's insane i love it um so i would love to write something like that i also like you know so something that's so fantastic I think pushing daisies that takes you out of the present mm-hmm. and uh, gives you like a little bit of whimsy uh, while addressing current issues, I think is great. I love, like I said, hacks, Dollface as well, shrill. Those are all stories about people who are, you know, going through some shit and addressing things that they went through in their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's something that's insanely beautiful that we need to explore, but also like, I love a, I like, I love like Wednesday, to say a good gothic or kind of like, how can we make misery something that's really enjoyable? Um, I think shrinking is a similar, I'm going to say like put Wednesday and shrinking in, in the same category mm-hmm. for that. It's like how to experience something so miserable and also find joy or whimsy. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's definitely seems to be a theme and one that I love and relate to because yeah, Pushing Daisies one of my favorite shows of all time. I adore that show. Um, uh, and it is, it's about, it's a show about death. Like it, I mean, but it still manages to be funny and whimsical and sweet. And it strikes a balance that I think not many shows are capable of. Uh, I mean, some strive for it. Some are more successful than others, but 
it's that balance that I think is important. And, you know, in art and film and TV, if something is almost too light, it can feel a little frivolous. If something is a little too dark without any kind of humor, it doesn't feel realistic. Like, cause even in the darkest times, there's still something funny going on. Um, so yeah, I think, I think those are shows that have that balance that life really holds. Yeah. Well, and also like it, there's just like the simple factor of just what are you watching right now? Like anything that you're watching, I think can be great. Like I was, when my mom passed, I was watching American dad and I could just put my face in the pillow and not watch the screen, but see the images in my head. Cause I'd watched it so many times mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes it's like, whatever it is, if it's like, you know, it could be the bachelor. Like I don't watch reality TV, but it doesn't have to be like the highest concept or the most artistic thing. It can just be, you know, whatever takes your mind off of it is great. Yeah. Yeah. And people need that. People need entertainment. People need escape. And, you know, when people kind of are like, you know, you're just writers, who cares? You're just actors, who cares? What are you fighting so hard for? It's you watch TV too. You watch movies too. Like the people like it's like I said, we're not, we're not superheroes. We're not doctors, but we're doing something that I think matters. And I, I think, to try to reduce it to something frivolous is um, um, uh, real shitty, real shitty thing to do. And like, think about people who like, we live in LA, this is a pop city, but think about someone who lives in like rural Ohio, like they probably watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people spend a lot of time watching TV or maybe they're out, you know, at the local pub getting shit faced, who knows, but you know, whatever works. We I only... think... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, we have, we're, we're down to the wire. We're getting down to the wire. We have a little over a minute left. Is there anything that you want to plug, let people know where they can follow you, let people know what lots you're going to be in so they can find you and kill you, anything like that? Um, I, I'm always down for a great murder attempt. I think if you're going to do it, please like make it unique. I want it to be a story. Um, <laughs> I am on social media at, at Dana Brazil. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on threads and blue sky. <laughs> oh, there's, there's so many. Oh. There's too many of these now. It's overwhelming, but yeah, I, I hop around lots, but if anybody wants a button, um, just message me, find out where I am. Um, you know, please don't kill me, but find me. I'm out there. And please thank you for having me. Oh, of course. You're amazing. You're amazing. Stop it. Uh, please don't kill Dana. But Dana, with our last little bit of time, I do want to get into some some um, more serious issues, things that we can really uh, get to know you on a deeper level, uh, get to know your soul. If someone does kill you, what do you think happens after we die? Nothing. Nothing. I actually, uh, I, 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 uh, everything, you know, I don't really care what, what people do with my body. Because I think science would be great, actually. But like your meeting has ended. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to 39 Minute Conversations, hosted and produced by Brian T. Arnold. Music by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tune in for new episodes. And don't forget to rate and review. If you didn't like what you heard, please don't do any of that. That's okay, too. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be well.